citizens, welcome to the Fortress of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And this little podcast here is called Beer Me a Movie. It's the show where me and Brian kind of throw movies back and forth and we score it. It's very scientific. If anyone argues that, look at the scores we've given compared to the Rotten Tomatoes scores. If you say those are like bullshit, you're wrong or we're wrong. We can all be wrong. Historically, we're very accurate, though. We're like freakishly accurate because if our score lines up with the critical score or the audience score, we got a drink. Did you say audience? I might have. The audience. That kind of sounds like a, a Philadelphia thing. We just start uh, throwing letters close. out and just hoping for the best and that no just one notices. throwing it into the water. Those marble mouth Philadelphians <laughs> thinking they're so cool with their eagles and their flyers, but realistically. Actually, it's pronounced mm. eagles. Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here comes Jalen Hurts. He's getting off the field and he needs some water. <laughs> Get that man a hoagie. Oh, the run game seems off. I hope they can right this boot. That boots all over the water. <laughs> Philadelphia's the stupidest town in America. I'm not, there's no anything there. No setup, no punchline. Fact. <laughs> the fact that you just called it a town will be the most offensive part of that to Philadelphians. Because uh, Boston, the town. Sure. Ben Affleck made the town. It's like the Boston movie now. That's true. but Even though Ted's the one that ends in Fenway Park. This is, this is an interesting start. I like this. this is a weird. Uh, we've been drinking. Uh, this is our our annual drunk episode. If uh, you want to hear what led to this, you're going to have to go into the future, Marty, and listen to our Patreon episode. One point twenty one gigawatts. The garbage pail kids from 1987, directed by a man who was retiring, and it showed all over the screen. <laughs> it, it shows. Yeah, that's coming at you in the future on Patreon. So subscribe. But this week, because it's Christmas and it is our annual drunk episode, we are talking about a proper Christmas film. Even though on the cheat sheet, Brian has said that it came out in 1960. Oh, I forgot to update the date. <laughs> the apartment? Well done. Oh, whoops. Very well done. This week, this year, <laughs> we are talking about The Santa Claus from 1994, I think. Oh, November 11th, 1994. <laughs> there it is. 11, it's 11. also only 97 minutes long. Which is a, a treat, even though this movie did not need 97 minutes. We'll get there. It is directed by John fucking Pasquine. I'm giving it to him because this movie has stood the test of time. It sure has. And th that's a man who's done some other stuff, like Jungle to Jungle. Remember that movie? <laughs> Uh? Uh? He also did Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. And he's also responsible, much like the Patreon movie that comes out in the future, for a lot of TV stuff, especially starring one Tim Allen. He loves working with uh, Timothy Allen Dick, and that's tricky because he's apparently a bastard. Yeah, but he did do the pilot episodes for Growing Pains and Home Improvement and the reboot of Roseanne or the the revival of Roseanne and also Last Man Standing. So all right, he's done things. That's good. He's, he's good done on all him. sorts of things. 17 episodes of the George Lopez show, remember that? I don't and I don't think George does either. Have you ever seen the Santa Claus? So many times. But have you ever seen it? I've seen it. I don't know that I ever watched it as hard as I did this time. I watched this one hard. I saw this thing in theaters in 94 when it came out. Wow. Yeah, Do you I'm, feel old. I a little bit the CGI in this one year after Jurassic Park it holds up pretty well. D does it though? Does I mean, we'll it? get there maybe in style and tone. Um, do you want to get right into this thing? I can't wait to talk about this movie in great detail because 
oh boy, this is a movie. This is a film where I'm still unsure of who is in the right and who's in the wrong. <laughs> That's very fair. I've now seen this movie, I mean, every year for the past, what, 30 years, 29 years, whatever it might be, how long this movie's been out. Yeah. It's a weird one, folks. It's a weird one when you actually watch it. When you actually pay attention, there's there's some shenanigans afoot. I get big time Mighty Ducks vibes from it going back because okay. Mighty Ducks are like, wow, the team overcame every obstacle and they won the championship. But underneath the hood, when you lift up that sucker, you're like, it's a movie about drunk driving. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what the Santa Claus feels Similar like. Similar vibes. <laughs> Might as well just get right into this thing. For story and motivation, we did have writer McStrikely write us another script, bot script style, Keaton Patty. Remember that guy from back when we used to do that stuff with the Kate podcasters? I remember. Pepperidge Farmers remembers. They sure do. So he went and wrote us a script for, for two characters here, two elves, Jingle and Jangle. <laughs> of course, we're elves now. Great are sitting on a small bench in the bustling North Pole workshop, surrounded by toys and conveyor belts. They wear traditional elf garb, but their hats are slightly askew, and their expressions are a mix of grief and annoyance. I'm kind of understanding of both of those feelings. Hmm, intriguing. Are you ready? Sorry, motivation, you want to dive right in? We might as well dive right in. I'll be playing the part of Jingle, and you'll be playing the part of Jangle. Yeah, it won't get confusing at all. Here we go! And action! <sighs> Can you believe it, Jangle? Oh, God. Old Santa, <laughs> the big guy, the jolly man himself, gone in a puff of snow. I never thought I'd see the day. One minute he's <laughs> delivering toys with that merry twinkle in his eye, and the next he's slipping off a roof like a rookie. Who does that? Was not expecting the gruff, rough Christmas elf. That's a, a choice. I like it. All these Christmas elves are just like wee little bitches, and frankly... <laughs> That's not the way I'm leaning here because okay. those Christmas elves do carpentry and it makes me want to like roll up my sleeves, throw on some plaid and get a jigsaw out. No, that's, that's fair. Like, what are you doing for fun today? Jingle the elf fucking mitering, baby. What are you doing? <laughs> now I got to learn about processors and all that. Gonna miter me a fucking sailboat. A tragedy. That's what it is. But then, out of the blue, this new guy shows up. Scott Calvin. Tim fucking Allen. Giving it Ooh, to him. Who gave it to him? He puts on the suit and poof, he's the new Santa, just like that. Yeah, cause that's all it takes to be Santa, right? Put on a suit and you're magically qualified. Never mind that centuries of tradition and the, oh, I don't know, magic? <laughs> and let's not forget how he found the Santa Claus on the card, the fine print that basically says, hey, you put on the suit, you're the man now, as if anyone reads the terms and conditions. Scott Calvin's pretty shit dad. He's not great. He gets divorced. His kid comes over. His kid's like, this is going to be the worst Christmas Eve ever. And it is because they end up going to Denny's. And that's just <laughs> a lot like sucking on your car tire or something. Go outside, get that fire stone in your mouth like you're a goddamn cocker spaniel, and that's Denny's food for you. <laughs> I feel like there's way better options when it comes to your 24-hour, seven days a week open holidays fare than Denny's. Far, ra, 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 yeah, there are. 
But that Denny's is loaded with single dads. <laughs> it really is. That and uh, bullshit candles. And they don't have any food that anyone wants to eat or drinks no, that anyone wants to drink. Because why would you stock up a Denny's on Christmas Eve? It felt like Weird Al Albuquerque ordering donuts. What I do have for you right now is this one box of one dozen starving crazed weasels. <laughs> so Scott Calvin takes his shit kid out to food. They get the food. They come back. He tucks his kid and he burns to the, the Night Before Christmas book, which I get. Sure. is the most relatable part of this movie. If of when your kid asleep, starts to fade well. a little bit, you just bullshit your way through it. But you don't close the book right away. You just kind of trail off. Wonderful dad move. He hears the clatter outside. He goes outside. Man falls off his roof. Doesn't even try to help the man. He just goes and searches his pockets instead. <laughs> He's just immediately like, wasn't my fault. Let me check this guy for ID. Go ahead, Tim Allen. Tell me you're from Detroit without telling me you're from Detroit. <laughs> man fell off my roof. Not my fault. Going to check his wallet. <laughs> Do you think that Santa Claus like always carries that card on him in that one specific place, the first place that the lead character this checks in this movie? I mean, where else are you going to have a wallet in a Santa suit? That's a very good point. And how fucked up would it have been if you like pulled out an actual wallet and out fell like a condom or something like that? And it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? This Santa fucks. <laughs> I, we don't know. We don't know if the Santa fucks. We don't know anything about the Santa except he waves goodbye before he dies. Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And then he vanishes. He does leaving just his clothes behind. vanish. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, boy. Th- this movie is about to get weirder. I can't believe that. <laughs> Is that going to happen in the future to Tim Allen? It might. I don't. I we see how the torch is passed, and it involves killing or murder. You know what we could do, and I'm not <laughs> saying we should. I'm saying we could. Is if we find Tim Allen and kill him, we could be the Santa Claus. We could be. Well, I feel like that's already Charlie's goal. His son. He's planning it. He says he wants to get in the family business. I want to join the family business. Holy shit, man. That's the most New Jersey thing you could do. (laughs) And I know exactly how to get into the business. Throw my dad off the roof. (laughs) That's exactly it. I'm going to make it look like an accident. Coincidentally, the second most Jersey thing you could do. It's true. It doesn't involve any cement shoes or anything, but it's effective. Oh, and he's a real natural. Remember how he panicked when the reindeer took him to the first house? Knocked over the Christmas tree. Woke up the kid. Classic Santa move, right? Ugh, and his kid, Charlie. Eric fucking Lloyd. Yeah, this kid acts the wow, shit Wow, 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 wow. You gave it to him. I, I watched did. this kid chase a soccer ball on the soccer field in this movie. And that made me go... There's no bending it like Beckham for this little man. No, but it's very accurate to the character. What, bullhead kid who just wants to be there and get daddy attention? And doesn't care about playing soccer very much. Fair enough. All right. He's a sweet boy, but he's got a big mouth. Couldn't keep the secret to save his elf-sized ass. (laughs) Telling everyone his dad is Santa Claus. Great. Just what we need, a security breach. Don't get me started on his ex-wife. Wendy dot 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 Cruson. <laughs> Appropriate. And the husband, the psychiatrist, Judge fucking 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 Reinhold. Yeah, always fucking the Reinhold. They thought poor Charlie was losing his marbles. A custody battle over believing in Santa? That's a new one for the books. 
That's really what it comes down to, though. It really, really is. And the timeline in this movie is possibly the most insane thing. I don't know if it's appropriate to talk about now or later, but this movie happens on Christmas Eve and Christmas, and then time passes, I think. (laughs) An entire year passes, but they're also like, you did all that in how many days? But now it's a few months later? I'm not sure. I have no idea. We get to see Charlie playing soccer, and we pretty much skip from Christmas to Tim Allen getting a, a little bit of a belly eventually or but right away. But he also away. says that I'm he not sure. 45 pounds in four days. 35 pounds in a week. But then we see Charlie playing soccer as Christmas is just starting to ramp up again. So realistically, this is a story about a man who killed a man on his roof, took over his <laughs> job, yep. fucked around for a solid 10 months, presumably, and then things started <laughs> happening to him. And then shit got real. It got very real. He really could have, I don't know, leaned in this entire time, like understood adult puberty of becoming Santa Claus possibly. Right? <laughs> like he does go to the doctor. He's concerned about his rapid weight loss and the graying of his hair and the rapid growth of his beard. No, no. This is one of those adult doctors who says like, yeah, that's just part of aging. It's not. That's, it's not. That's it's part probably of like cancer up. or some shit. It's kind of fucked up that your heartbeat sounds like jingle bells, but we're not going to worry about that. We're not going to worry about that. <laughs> Keeps a better beat than Ringo. Why are we upset? <laughs> it's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. That's right, John Lennon. Thank you. <laughs> Great record. <laughs> Great record. <laughs> but you know what really frosts my cookies? No, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Watching Scott slowly transform into Santa, the beard, the belly, the sudden craving for milk and cookies, it's like he's being possessed by the spirit of Christmas. It is, though. This thing is pretty much the Yuletide Exorcist. (laughs) I kind of love that, though. I kind of do, too. I need an old priest and a young priest and a roof. It's the Exorcist, but it's just x cyst. Sure, if you want like to Christmas, make it when work. You... Oh, <laughs> apparently that's like blasphemous. Did you know that? I feel it's blasphemous to call that blasphemous. I feel like you calling that blasphemous is blasphemous to the blasphemy. Well, now we've gotten so many layers deep in the blasphemy. Feels like the appropriate uh, amount of, of blasphemy. If we're not even close to being Look, done, everybody knows that Jesus X was born on Xmas Day. So this movie is not so much about a man becoming Santa Claus. As it is about Santa Claus becoming taking this man. over a man. <laughs> <laughs> it works a lot like Venom when you think about it. Yeah. We Basically, are Santa. Santa Claus is a symbiote that takes over a man. I would 110% watch that movie. I would too. You give me Tom Hardy <laughs> and Venom together with the Santa Claus hat delivering toys to all the children of. San Francisco is where that movie takes place. Those movies are delight. Fuck you if you don't think so. No, they, they really are that good. And how dare you even try to say they're not the world. <laughs> made Vuku bucks. But yeah, the world. <laughs> and the elves with attitude. But not David fucking Crumholtz. Yeah. And the gang, yeah. they just accepted him, training him, helping him get ready for the big night. As if we didn't have enough to do. They don't train him. No, he just kind of, he, he gets FedExed to the naughty and nice list. Not even that. Is he shows up at the North Pole looking very much like a Tim Allen. 
and he gets dropped into the ceiling. Everyone's like, oh, Santa's back, Santa's back. Oh, and that is Santa. not the right-looking Santa, unless these all these elves are like Santa blind or something like that. But that's not the guy that left here earlier, is it? It's definitely not. I'm starting to think if, like, Ray Charles elves here are like, Santa, Santa. Like, they don't even notice that this is a totally Santa different man. They just accept it. You would think that one of the biggest jobs in the world <laughs> Getting changed over, a new guy taking over the world, you would at least care. So here's here's where things get kind of fucky, Dave. Um, if you watch the movie and you're cognizant of all the kids with pointy ears, yeah, you'll notice that the elves show up before the transition. Are you suggesting? These elves are watching Santa. They're watching Charlie. They're watching Tim Allen all before. Oh, my God. The original so Santa dies. It it might be just time for the Santa to go. Holy shit. That is dark and I'm for it. Yeah. So that's why when Tim Allen gets to North Pole, Bernard is such a dickhead to him and all the other <laughs> elves just ignore him. They don't even try to like do a first day or first hour orientation or anything like that because he obviously did the job, I think. Right. It's, it's like, yeah, you picked up the bag, you, you went into the chimneys, you left the presents, you did the thing. You were a dick to children the entire night. And now you're going to have to drink soy milk about it. You know, that's the punishment he deserves, really. Exactly. And you know, good on that little girl. I love this murder angle that you're proposing here. <laughs> like the elves are fully in charge. It's like, woke up this morning, got myself a candy cane. <laughs> old santa's kind of a dick why don't we get a new santa well there's this one guy who just invented why are you a, doing a, my voice for I the elf know. so i was trying to do a different <laughs> elf than i usually do these are a, a new set of elves go back to your <sighs> elf voice you don't okay, deserve okay. the gruff Fine. elf voice you're right winky over here i can't, I can't <laughs> winky <laughs> tune into our patreon this month you guys santa claus conquers the martians it's a delight. It's something. It sure is. Great Santa. Fantastic Santa. Better than this Santa. 100%. But then when the night came, he did it. Delivered all the toys, spread the cheer. Even got the ex-wife and the shrink to believe. I'll admit, it was a Christmas miracle. Yeah, he did all right. Maybe. Just maybe. This guy Calvin could be Santa. But I'll never replace the one we lost. Never. No, he totally fucking did. Not only did he replace him, he became him. No one has ever brought up past Santa ever again. Nope. In three movies and a TV show. And you figure that this Santa before him was around for like generations. And yet he's gone. They're like, good fucking riddance, man. I mean, we actually don't have any idea how often this happens. No, we have no clue. We have no basis of how Santa works. That last guy could have been just Santa for like two or three years. It, it could have been. <laughs> it could have been like, like a Christopher Eccleston up. run. It's like you're supposed to give coal in their stockings. You're not supposed to poop in them. God damn it. And that's why the elves had to <laughs> arrange his murder. Guys, elves. I'll do it in the elf voice. This is the last time we pick a Philadelphia Santa. <laughs> he just keeps going into their rooms and throwing batteries at the kids. He looks the kids in the eyes, wakes them up, yells, fly, eagles, fly, slaps them, <laughs> throws up on them, and then gives them a toy. Like, it's all going to be okay. Everybody's greasing their candy canes so he doesn't climb up them. He puts out question here saying, Pat's and Gino's, and he remembers it for next year. 
What an asshole. <laughs> There's no naughty or nice list. There's a Pat's list and a Pat's Geno's list. Geno's list. What's the difference? One's a little more racist. <laughs> oh, so you're saying the other one's not racist. Nope. Not what I said. <laughs> it's a little bit less racist. And believe it or not, in Philadelphia, that's the naughty list. That's the naughty list. <laughs> True, but if there's one thing Santa taught us, it's that the spirit of Christmas goes on. And hey, if this new guy can keep that alive, then maybe, just maybe, we can learn to jingle all the way with him. He's not a Duma. Put the cookie down. Jingle, sometimes your optimism is as infectious as a Christmas carol. All right, let's give this Santa... I killed a fly. I literally killed a fly flying across my screen. So Santa's not the only thing that has been killed this episode. <laughs> oh, I'm impressed. I'm literally wiping bug guts off my hand right now because of that fresh kill. That's impressive. Now you have to become the fly. I became the fly. I am now the Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum style. You have to become the fly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's give this new Santa a chance for the sake of Christmas. For the sake, well, that's not my voice. For the sake of Christmas. They stand up to straighten their hats and head back to work with a renewed sense of purpose. Ready to support their new Santa in the years to come. Hey, no Santa. Let's see if you can handle the naughty and nice list without getting paper cuts. <laughs> and remember, no more roof slipping. Or pushing. As the case may be. They exit. Their laughter mingling with the sounds of the busy North Pole workshop. Story motivation. You got a whole mob angle now, and I'm digging it. There, there could be a whole different story happening here that's just below the surface. I like the almost Jim Carrey bit that Tim Allen's trying to do here by saying just random shit. Yeah. To be funny. It very much is a Jim Carrey bit. A little bit of a Robin Williams in there, too. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Story motivation. That's where you still are, huh? All right. Um, yes, yeah, still. <laughs> a seven. That feels right. I don't know why. But I it was going to say right. seven or eight, and I th I think you're right. I think it's a seven. You know, it's it's weird because we're fighting custody over belief in Santa, which is maybe not what you want to use as your. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're in a custody battle right now, do not bring up whether or not the kid believes in Santa as your linchpin argument. No, just if you're in a custody battle right now and you get into the room with the judge, ask him what's going to happen if you push a stranger off the roof. Do you become that stranger and then makes custody a little bit easier because you're not your shitty self anymore? Right. Especially if that judge is Judge Reinhold. Mock trial with Judge Reinhold. Casting. I'm going with an eight. If you go through IMDb's trivia facts... Basically, everybody in Hollywood was considered for this movie at one point. It's weird they fell on Tim Allen, though, but this is kind of like the Tim Allen era. This is Tim Allen o'clock. There, there was a week during 1994 where he had the number one movie, number one TV show, and number one book. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Tim Allen's fine. We've agreed on that. He's had a career now out of being Santa Claus, and apparently he's an absolute dickhead. Yeah. It's still to work with. Eric Lloyd plays Charlie. He's a kid. He's adorable. Does a good job. He wears sweaters. He does a great job. Wendy Crewson. She's in the movie. All right, I guess. She, she doesn't do a bad job by any means. She's believable as a mom who suddenly changes her mind. At the I guess so. The most concerning scene I have in this movie 
is when you have Scott Calvin sitting on the bench at the soccer game while these kids are sitting on his lap, that's not great to start, <laughs> like in public. But what's worse than that? I need you to consider this. We live in a society. There's rules. Laura and Dr. Neil Miller, Judge Reinhold, they walk across the soccer field all mm-hmm. willy-nilly while the game's going on. The ref doesn't even stop it. At least a yellow card or something. Warn them. Flaunt your fake authority, Mr. Referee. Yeah. Nothing at all. At the same time, maybe the referee sees what's going on with the kids sitting on the lap of a Scott Calvin going, somebody should do something about that. But it's not him. He, his domain is within those four lines, baby. Exactly. So if, if the Millers are going to go take care of this, who am I to throw a card? I, I love, love Judge, Judge Reinhold so much. <laughs> Every time he shows up, I'm like, a treat. He plays like this doofus of a character, but he's so charming and so endearing. He loves Charlie so much. Yeah. They were talking to Jeff Daniels, Stanley Tucci, Bradley Whitford, and Ryan Stiles for this role, too. Bradley Whitford's the only one I don't think would fit here, and he's an amazing actor. In 1994, I don't think this was the Bradley Whitford we wanted. Maybe this is like the Ryan Stiles we deserve, though. I feel like this could have catapulted Ryan Stiles to the next level of stardom. Instead of being now 29 years on and still doing Who's Line. So <laughs> like that guy who's always been on Who's Line is it anyway? No, not Colin Mockery. He was also in the Drew Carey show. Casting. Eight. No. Nope. Seven. Seven. And I say seven because you put Peter Boyle on the movie and barely used him. That's true. You underutilized your Peter Boyle, and that's a sin. It is a sin. Unforgivable. They make up for it in the next two movies. Do they really? I've never seen the next two movies. I know that um, uh, Martin Short's in one of them. I have not seen them, but I know that Peter Boyle is no longer Scott's boss, but he becomes Father Time. That's some recasting I wasn't ready for. Right? Disney's over here like, Peter Boyle, you could be Mr. Whittle and also Father Time, but we can't recast T'Challa. Can't do it. <laughs> We're going to instead make a really confusing Black Panther movie. Who's it about? <laughs> It's either about the mom or the sister. We're unsure. Or the eventual kid in the post-credit scene. That is the post-credit scene. We establish a great villain in Namor. But who's it about? Stop asking that question, guys. Wakanda is a whole Wakanda is the character. It's for forever. What are you not grasping about that? But who is that movie about? I'm still not sure. Uh, <laughs> it's about getting Michael B. Jordan back for one more cameo. <laughs> there it is. Uh, seven casting. Seven. Next up is protagonist. Scott Calvin. Tim Allen. Good old Scott Calvin. He's fine. His arc isn't so much based around character development as much as it is a symbiote Santa Claus forcing <laughs> him to become Chris yeah. Kringle. <laughs> he refuses the call until the Kringle takes over too much of him for him to resist anymore. That doesn't even make it the hero's journey at that point. Like, hero's journey does have resisting the call, but eventually the character has a light bulb go off in their head that says, I got to go save the day. Here, he starts craving milk and cookies and shit. (laughs) Like, the Santa Claus has gotten so deep inside him that he needs these things. He's still in denial even while all that's happening. It's it's not until he holds that um, snow globe toward the end that he finally has that light bulb moment and even that's weak that's a weak light bulb moment it's a very weak one that's like it's post very him being the at the north pole doing a lot of north pole things and then he like shakes it later he's like oh shit how about that i am yeah. santa claus hey it's huh. really weird that me and my son had this 
exact same dream Christmas Eve. Welcome to Denny's. Our new special is mushrooms, but not that kind. <laughs> and actually, we're out of them. How wonderful would it be if you get some sort of tenacious dude to pick a destiny Sasquatch moment between Tim Allen and Eric Lloyd? I'm your baby claws. <laughs> I would love that. I would be the greatest movie of all time. Missed opportunity here. You're my little baby. Huh? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> what are we talking about? I keep forgetting, man. Protagonist. Six. Beautiful. He doesn't become it via uh, voluntary clausism. He gets forced into it. It digs its claws into him. That's a pun. If mm. we must have one. <laughs> oh, we must. Antagonist. Is it um his wife? Is I think it's just Reinhold? non-believers. It's adults. It a general disbelief in Santa Claus? The lack of Christmas spirit. In terms of a holiday movie, that's a pretty good one. It's it's a big to the point where the law gets involved. It's true, but it's not so much like a, a Polar Express with those weird CGI children with their dead eyes, not hearing eyes. bells and shit like that. Instead, it's Judge Reinhold with a weenie whistle. And when he gets that weenie whistle, he believes. He does believe. I like it. Eight. Yeah. Screenplay. It's not bad. It's not. Not at all. But it feels like Tim Allen is doing a Tim Allen. Yeah, but in 1994, that's okay, I think. Why? I let Tim Allen be Tim Allen because he's not Tim Allen yet. You know what I mean? I mean, this is pre-Buzz Lightyear. Not by much. Not by a whole lot, but it is. That's true. It's not bad. I mean, it, it's weird because I'm thinking of this movie and other Christmas movies as what has stood the test of time. Because there are certain movies that break through and they become yeah. more of a tradition than anything else. When you look back, you have like a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger. You have Frosty the Snowman, A Christmas Story, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, Scrooge. These movies have Die stood hard. the test of time. Full agree. You know, you're preaching to the choir, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they stood the test of time. They're well-written movies. There's a message in there. There's fun in there. I got to go with a nine. Wow, uh, 39. 39. It feels so high. That's I hate so uh, high. Uh, I don't like it. Oh, how do I save it? I don't know. I'm, so, I'm too deep. Can we talk about the 1-800-SPANK-ME line? What? What? Hold What? Oh, did you watch on Disney Plus? I did. Because it's been removed from the Disney Plus version. But in older releases of the film, Tim Allen makes a sarcastic remark, uh, including the line, 1-800-SPANK-ME. I don't know who he's talking to. It's been a long time since I've seen a version that has the, the spank-me included. But during the film's release, a woman from near Cleveland, Ohio, called the, suspo the supposedly fictitious number for her curious grandchildren, and it turned out that it was an operational phone sex line. So someone did their research while writing this screenplay. Uh, write what you know. Yeah, I stand with the... Uh, no, it's an eight. Totally an eight But now. in, um, in <laughs> 1997, Disney received complaints about the, the 1-800-SPANK-ME line from parents whose children had called the number and racked up huge phone bills. And then the studio decided to cut the line for future releases. And then eventually Disney went as far as purchasing the phone number. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is Which is wild. insane. So Disney owns 1-800-SPANK-ME. Yeah, all right. That's wild to hear. <laughs> because of probably an improv line from Tim Allen. A seven. Wow, that took it down two points. Yeah, 
uh, it's problematic. To the point that if Disney takes something out, they erase something from its existence. In my mind, Disney Plus, its own entity here, they treated the 1-800-SPANK-ME line the same as they do Song of the South. Oh, that is maybe a false equivalence, but... It's a stretch, for sure. It's a stretch. Well, the thing is, it's been re-included in certain versions of the movie. So if you watch it on, like, Vudu or on... It might even be in the Amazon cut, but in certain other... Like, Movies Anywhere has it cut. Disney Plus has it cut. So it depends on which version you watch now. So realistically, you can get the Spank Me cut, is what you're saying? There is a Spank Me cut of the Santa Claus. Eight. I'll split the difference. <laughs> That's an eight, then. Next up is Style and Tone. It's pretty good, despite it feeling very soundstagey. Hey, I mean, it's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. It feels Christmassy. It mostly feels because we don't have anything outside of the Christmas season, as this movie has shown us. We go from Christmas to Christmas. <laughs> One year later. No character development in between that. No, I assume he just kept going to work for Peter Boyle. Exactly. And he showed up one day in sweats and was like, what happened to you? And it might have been the week after. It might have been a year after. No clue. No way to know for sure. Um, The CGI. It is not great. It's a year after Jurassic Park, man. They're still figuring it out. That is the only time you've ever made that argument. Yeah. That it's post Jurassic Park, so it's okay to be bad. I like this movie, damn it. All right. That's fair. No, the CGI is terrible in this, but- I mean, how else are you going to get a Tim Allen down a little chimney spout? Oh, that's not even the part I'm talking about. I'm talking about the reindeer. The reindeer looks so fake. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they don't look great at all. The chimney stuff, that's just fun. I like that. I don't care that it looks fake. It's supposed to. It's magic. Yeah. But the reindeer. All right, so uh, I'm kind of... You know the thing that's always bugging me about this movie? No Rudolph? Don't care about that. That reindeer could fuck all the way off. No reindeer games for him. I, Uh I fully side. With all the bullies in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, where if you have a red nose, I want nothing to do with you. I lived through COVID. I don't need that. Oh, it's clear out fuck off, Rudolph. <laughs> you have That's one purpose. That's pretty much what it is. You're a fog light, all right? I got to switch on my Subaru that does more than you. Every 12 years, we get a foggy Christmas, and you're the fucking hero, but... <laughs> I got Bing Crosby something on his white Christmas, and that's when you become the hero. <laughs> the Santa suit. It bugs the shit at me because there's, like, hieroglyphs on his arm that I do not understand. It is weird, the, the, especially the one circle on his shoulder. It gets very distracting. I never understood it, and there's probably a meaning behind it, and I'm sorry that I'm not a claws head or something like that, but I've never liked the suit. I hope all the claws heads write in and explain it to us. And it's even weirder that Tim Allen just like shows up at the North Pole a year later and they're like, cool, we're going to do a whole Q James Bond thing for you right now, showing you all the weird enhancements that we have. We don't know anything about each other still, but you're going to deliver all these presents. Well, it's funny because like they have they have their version of Q and it's like, this is what me and Charlie have been working on. And, like the kid's been there for like six hours, maybe. What is this British kid doing? <laughs> just showing up and and busting out new innovations for the sleigh in a day i am convinced those elves are union or else there's no way they can get away with anything that they get away with i don't know that those elves are getting paid at all no indentured servitude song of the south yeah big time uh, there it is full circle for the, the spank me cut <laughs> there it is style and tone five movie looks totally fine nothing special <laughs> nothing right home about tinsel the weaponized tinsel is actually pretty sweet 
but the elves, the flying elves, uh, are bullshit. The, the E L F S. Yeah, they are <laughs> yep. bullshit. All right, fine, five, <laughs> five. You convinced me. Director, good old John Pasquin. He did a great job. He did. He made a holiday classic. That's hard to do, as we're learning. A charming Christmas movie with Tim Allen. And he's pulled the wool over everyone's eyes that this is a movie about murder. The more we learn about Tim Allen, the more impressive it is that he comes (laughs) off as charming in this movie. It's true. John Pasquin, great job. Seven. Next up, we have music. Michael Convertino. Convertino. That's the guy. He did the sounds. I don't know. Uh, it's there's jingle bells. There are jingle bells. There's I imagine other instruments. I don't remember anything about the music of this movie. I don't either. I remember jingle bells. That's it. I just remember the the jingling of the bells. Hey, can we go back to style and tone for a hot second? I want to point out something that I just remembered that bugged okay, shit in me. Sure, why not? Uh, the opening title of this movie. The way it randomly changes fonts for no reason. Yeah, you noticed it too. It comes up the Santa Claus like it's super duper official, like yeah. written on letterhead, like Santa, Santa, and Associates or whatever it is, and then it changes to like a fun, flowy font. And I don't know why it does it. I have no idea. Not going to change my score by any means, but it's weird. It's a it's a weird choice, but not enough to bring it to a four. The music in this it exists. It's I, there. I don't know. It, three. Three. You know what's actually fun? I read on IMDb, the grunting sounds used for Comet the reindeer are actually just reused sound effects from Doom. Okay. <laughs> Has nothing to do with anything we've talked about, but it felt appropriate in music, I guess. Be weird if they used like Wolfenstein, like oof a ho. It's like that's not what a reindeer <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> I don't know that it sounds like anything from Doom either. No, all I know is uh, what. Louis C.K. told me deer sound like a... Coincidentally enough, that's what Louis C.K. sounds like if you get him in a hotel room. Oh, he gets your consent. He doesn't so much get your consent. He tells you what he's going to do, and then he be and then he bees gross. What the fuck? This buffalo is not even tracing. It is sprinting. <laughs> this, this buffalo is straight on. Straight on? Full Louis on illustrating. gross. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> this buffalo be illustrating. That's... Right. You're a tracer. I'm an inker. <laughs> What's the difference? That's your chasing Amy moment. What's a Nubian? <laughs> Next up, we have box office. Um, Buku bucks, Buku bucks, Buku bucks. Movie made so much fucking money. It's so much money. <laughs> Interestingly enough, it opened uh, second its opening weekend behind Interview with the Vampire. Those are hot vampires. I get it. Hot ass vampires, but it did beat out Stargate in its third week. Suck at Stargate. Yeah, and Pulp Fiction. What do you know about Suck that? Suck at Pulp Fiction. We got to talk about Pulp Fiction one day. I have conflicting thoughts about it. It's one of the ones on my list, that's for sure. Okay, we'll get there. Stay tuned. I don't know when, but stay tuned. Eventually, we'll get there. We'll get there. Feet. Trunks. This movie only cost $22 million to make, and you can tell because of the reindeer. You sure can. But it ended up grossing $190 million. You know that if this was done today, A, it wouldn't cost $22 million. B, it would make $400 million. Absolutely. This thing would make huge money today. Big money. Then again, the I don't know how the Disney Plus show is doing right now. 
No idea, because the only reports I hear from that show is actors hate working with Tim Allen. Oh, Tim Allen is the worst. It's all I've read about that show. But it's in its second season, so. What's the percentage on this thing? 866%. Jeez, all right. Which, like, that's a 10 easily, maybe an 11. I'll give it a 10. We don't have control over this one. It is a 10. It's got to do something crazy to be an 11. It has to do something crazy. It didn't break the 1,000 mark. Maybe that's like the, the thing we base it on. Maybe it is. Samurai Cop got an 11. As it should have. Rocky Horror got an 11. As it should have. It's still playing the today. Exorcist got an 11. E.T. got an 11. The Godfather. Okay. Yeah, it's not. Plenty that, of 11s. Maybe we're real loosey-goosey with those 11s here. It's not in that range, though. 866% no. is very good. It's not 11 good. The final category is impact on the industry. It's a Christmas movie. There were Christmas movies before this. There were Christmas movies after this. This one has stood the test of time. It absolutely has. There were two more of this Christmas movie after this one. Yeah, but not for a while, because the sequel didn't come out until 2002. That is a gap. That is a big gap. And I feel like the next one came out in like 2004, 2006, somewhere in there. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe that was around the time where Tim Allen stopped getting new roles and was like, well, I can always do a sequel. Right. Uh-huh. Guess I'm older now. Look at this belly. It's authentic now. It is the first lead film role for Tim Allen. Are you, is that supposed to be impressive? I don't know. Because, you know, all it's those. Like, what else has he done? Jungle to Jungle. Sky. It wasn't even in Sky High. He was in the other one. Zoom. That's the one. Fucking Zoom. <laughs> that movie was not good. It wasn't. Sky High, though. Terrific. Yeah. That's Kurt Russell. Don't confuse those two. How dare you even try? Impact on the industry, I want to go with a six. Six is exactly the number I was thinking. These are all from the gut, friends. I don't even know ever. Yeah. I should probably look up the Rotten Tomato score. Uh, <laughs> we're at it. That is the part that we're at. What do you got? The final score for the Santa Claus is a 67. Holy shit. Scientifically proven score. I just want to throw that out there right away. Okay. Because critically, this movie is 73%. Audiencely, 66%. <laughs> Dangerously close to finishing the drinks that we've been having literally all night at this point. I'll do it anyway. Fuck it. It's a trick episode. I'm going to finish it. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Well, it's close enough. Good enough. Cheers. I got to stop drinking Ooh. things that are so bubbly. Whew. So I turn to like Winnie the Pooh. I got a rumbly in my tumbly. That is two episodes tonight you've got Winnie the Pooh on. That's a good point. Jim Cummings in the last one, though, so it made sense. <laughs> if you want to hear the other episode we recorded tonight where Dave does a Winnie the Pooh impression, join our Patreon and join us next month. Brian, this one was a ton of fun. Yeah. I love this movie, and I don't know why, because maybe it's like the inner jersey in me. It's just like, I get it now. <laughs> you secretly knew there was murder happening the whole time. I just wasn't able to pinpoint exactly where it was, but now that you have pinpointed it, greatest movie of all time. I love it. Right up there with Goodfellas, right up there with The Godfather, better than Godfather, probably. They hide it better here. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as blatant. It's not as out and out. I'm going to go into an Italian restaurant, and I have to go take a pee-pee. In this, you got like elf children on the streets are just looking up at that roof. Yeah, you're going down, fat boy. We're getting a new fat boy. And then at the end of the movie, all the elf children congregate in front of Tim Allen doing the same 
Santa thing on the roof, and then they all run away laughing. He doesn't even do it on the, the Santa thing on the same roof. He stays in this area. He's in such a rush that he goes back and forth <laughs> like over six times. the Miller's house like six times. Why is he doing that? I don't know. Oh, God. I have to imagine that's like the equivalent of NASCAR, like keeping their tires warm as they go back right, and yeah, forth. Yeah, the wobbling the back light. and forth during the yellow. Oh, my God. Like, that's not going to do a whole lot. I mean, what's like degree or two? I say that. I think but. there's still like one cop left who hasn't spilled his coffee after seeing Santa Claus. Let's <laughs> run by one more time. Oh, this movie's a treat. It Happy is. holidays, folks. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Brian, what are we coming back with when we come back middle of January after a couple weeks off? We're coming back January 15th with a with a movie that's going to make you both happy and furious. Possibly and furious? fastly. <laughs> You'll be fast to happiness and even faster to furiousness. Can I tell you the weirdest thing that's going through my head right now? <laughs> What's that? So do you know the movie that George Miller directed before he did Mad Max for Your Road? No. It was Happy Feet. Happy Feet. Make sense was... of that. Okay. But sure. what you're talking about, it involves pink slips. It involves fast cars. It involves stealing DVD players from drugs. Mostly it involves family. Eventually, it involves family. In like two or three sequels from now. We are talking about The Fast and The Furious. I can't wait. Very exciting. Until then, thank you guys for listening. Happy holidays. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Send us your movie suggestions for next month's listener pick when we come back. As always, our patrons get double the picks. So join us on Patreon this month for Santa Claus Conquers the Martians and next month for the Garbage Pail Kids movie. The Garbage Pail Kids movie, which we recorded before this, is kind of our warm-up, drinking-wise. Oh, boy, that's a movie. Well, is it, though? (laughs) It might be. I'm not sure. When you think Garbage Pail Kids, the first thing I think about is fashion. (laughs) So... (laughs) That's right. Back-to-back crappy hours for December and January. So enjoy those. Be sure to email us your movie picks, questions, and comments to beermeamoviepod at gmail.com. Follow us on social media at beermeamovie on all of the things except for the one thing, which I'm still – I feel like when we come back in the new year, we probably will not have a Twitter slash X anymore. Unless we get real anti-Semitic, like all of a sudden. I mean, that would be a, be a big heel turn. It would be a huge heel turn, but I'm just saying. I mean, I don't know. You know, who can really predict what's going to happen over the holiday season? It's not going to happen. We're probably going to be off X soon or Twitter or whatever you want to call it. It's weird as shit that it's called X and you have to go on Twitter.com to get to it. (laughs) And I feel like I've been trying to delete it for the last three or four episodes. So just get rid of it. It's it's gone. Who who gives a damn? That's our treat to ourselves is fuck Elon. Yeah. Merry Christmas. We don't have a presence on that platform anymore. There you go. But we are on Facebook, and we always put up a post on our recording days asking for your questions and comments. And I'm going to read one, courtesy of Jeff Miners. He asks us, what's the best Christmas gift you ever received? I got one that popped into my head instantly. Okay. My parents are fantastic. They've always been fantastic. They're the greatest parents in the entire world. Love you, Mommy. Love you, Daddy. They're shit at Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that (laughs) because I have a vivid memory of this, of one year, they're just like, yeah, go ahead, open your stockings first, have a great time. And I pulled out, I don't remember what game it was, but it was an SNES game. And the problem with that is I did not own a Super Nintendo yet. (laughs) 
Oops. (laughs) That has always stuck with me. And also, there was one point also, my little brother, uh, I guess my mom just out of nowhere, it was like one in the afternoon. She's like, oh, I think Santa forgot a present upstairs. (laughs) And ran upstairs and came down with like a joystick for a video game or whatever it was. They're the greatest. But oh boy. (laughs) Well, that just reminds me of the year that my parents had us open uh, a Christmas present the night before, it was Christmas Eve. And normally Christmas Eve, it's like, you get pajamas. So you have something nice to wear the next morning for pictures. Sure. But this year, it was a little different because we opened up these presents and one had diapers in it and one had, like, baby bottles in it. And that was our parents' way of telling us that we were going to have a little sister. And to this day, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> worst gift. No, I'm just kidding. Love you. <laughs> you. You know who you are. Why'd you wink when you said that? That was weird. <laughs> That was a choice that you made. (laughs) Jeff, great question. Thank you for asking. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us. You're all the best. I hope that you guys have the greatest holiday in the world. And if you don't, just go up on your roof or send your daddy (laughs) on the roof or something and push him off, and now you're the daddy now. A roast such a clatter. That ladder is bullshit. That ladder is bullshit. You guys are all the best. We love you so much. Brian, do you have anything else? Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Is that your way of saying nothing? Now you're good? Yeah, no, I got nothing. Fantastic. We'll see you guys next year when we come back with The Fast and the Furious. We'll see you then. Bye.